Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk to Daniela. We're going to talk about what she does at Paddle. And it's not about the sport, which is competing with my favorite sport, tennis, but something else. And what is it? It's payment infrastructure, right? We're going to talk about what Paddle does, what's the problem they're solving, and how are they doing it better, hopefully, than everybody else. So how are you today, Daniel? Hi, Red Golf. I'm happy to be here. Doing very well, thank you. All right, brilliant. So... What's your background? What's your life story in a couple of minutes? How did you get to do what you do today? I started very early on in the casino gaming industry when it was quite unknown to most. I think the big four especially struggled on how to do controls and compliance. And I was hired fresh out of college to be an auditor. So I think very early on, I learned what are controls and the abstract form of what money and where money goes and to fit it into that box. From there, I grew into the hospitality industry for both Marriott's and Hyatt's. Being placed in Aruba, which is the Caribbean, you get used to a lot of diversified infrastructures for banking and other solutions, which in the long term made it perfect for me to go in and help internationally with fixing properties before the audit, after the audit, etc., which groomed me for the tech industry. So from there, I switched over to booking, which is also partially hospitality. And then from there, I went over to MessageBird, which was a little bit of a tougher switch for me to learn the telecom industry and has landed me now at Paddle. But in principle, it taught me to follow the money, which is ideal when you walk into a chaotic or unstructured scale of a startup environment. I, yes, I can see the benefit for a lot of these scale-ups and startups to have somebody rooted in controls as well. But Paddle sounds... Playful. So by the way, really, what's the story behind the name Paddle? Yeah, that's the first thing I asked as well when I met Christian as a CEO. There's no brilliant story behind it, just that the name really connected and clicked. And I think for a branding opportunity, it really sticks in your mind. But indeed, it's super playful when you read it. And I think that's also, it does help us position what we do better because we do do payments, but we do so much more. And a bit of that is taxes and taxes is never playful. So I think to have a company with a playful name that manages all your taxes is pretty cool. I see. I see. So let's get into this. So what is the problem that you're solving? What do you provide? What is your solution? I think for any scale up and startup, when you are straight out of the door, especially in the SaaS industry, you have a great software or product that you developed and you're trying to sell it. If you want to do that, you need so many different nooks and needles. Like for example, you need an invoicing tool. How are you going to capture your money? You need to have a payment infrastructure. Then who are your customers and how are you going to get to them? And what is the best payment infrastructure that fits their needs? And I think what Paddle is solving, or I know what Paddle is solving, is that we are an end-to-end 
platform. We don't do just payments. Payments is just a part of our journey, but we take care of the risk onboarding of customers. We take care of your invoices, both to yourselves because we pay you out on those invoices and we pay, we invoice the customers. We also manage all of the tax filings. So we're in essence, a merchant of record. So we assume all of the responsibility globally for your taxes. We also enable you to do business globally and compliantly. So you don't have to think about everything that you have to do because we do that for you. We manage your chargebacks. We manage your customer payment queries and disputes. We optimize your payments acceptance rates and we route your customer to the optimal payment options and providers that fit their needs. I don't know. I don't know any payment provider that does all of that. You mentioned a couple of great features and unique selling points, but let's dive into this even further. What makes you different from other payment infrastructure providers? Because there's so many. Everybody seems to be excited about payments. When the private capital was going into financial services, they started with payments. Also, this was because oftentimes you didn't need a banking license for these sort of businesses, stuff like that. So it was deemed to be a bit easier. But then you realize once you have payments, you need other products, you need a license anyway. Things got a little bit more complicated. But still, there's so many payment infrastructure providers, payment companies. What makes you different apart from what you just started to outline, which is that you cover the whole A to Z kind of process and also some adjacent unpleasant activities that people yeah. need to do? Definitely. And I think for payment providers as well, if you think about onboarding a payment provider, this is a very critical decision that you're making for your company you are embedding them in your tech stack. And once you make that decision, it's very difficult to decide to switch or to move off. And obviously, if you want to add more than one payment provider, depending on the markets that you're moving, this requires a lot of resources as well internally to embed. Whereas if you are on Paddle, we have all of these connections. So we have multiple payment providers already on our platform that we can enable your customer or connect your customer to the best one. So you don't have to select between payment provider A and B. We have all of these on our Paddle platform and we will automatically match them to a best customer fit for you. I see. All right. So let's repeat maybe one more time. You said you do taxes, you do reporting, all kinds of things like this. So you automate more than just payments, right? So let's think about it holistically. What does payment department do what can they do and it doesn't have to be a payment company but a merchant right so they have accounts payable they have accounts receivable they have accounting they have they have planning department all of that generally this is the job of many people so how can you automate it so that this can be a little bit more efficient there's some jobs that are inherently quite routine and therefore probably a good candidate for automation so how do you see these tasks or jobs within finance department and automation? I think for me, I always tell my team, if you automate 100% of your job, you will never be out of a job. I think that will actually make you super attractive to the market, obviously. And I do think that finance and accounting, the role itself is evolving into a more analytical and business partner role, which comes back to the point of you cannot automate everything in finance and accounting, but those button clicking tasks should be definitely automated. Paddle doesn't use a hundred percent technology automation, which is what makes it different to, for example, me trying to sell you an AP scanner processing, 
Paddle actually does automate the flow itself in terms of documentation, the payment process, etc. However, there are also human touch connections. For example, for taxes, we have a tax team reviewing it. For the payment disputes, we have people actually interacting with customers to solve these. So I think Paddle has optimized the journey for software providers that want to sell their software to the world to make sure that there is a balance between automation of processes and doing the work with people where people touch is needed. So I think for what makes us different from any other software or tool that you could purchase to say, hey, automate this for me, is that Paddle's objective, our objective is to do it for you and to make that journey easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. So I think the conclusion is, and hopefully that's an honest one, with which managers talk about as well, is that we're not going for a full automation, we're going for augmenting humans right? We're going for automation of routine tasks, not necessarily right. the entire jobs. Correct. Now, how do you see the impact of automation on jobs in finance? Because as I said, let's say that you have a department of 30 in finance, accounts payable, receivable, this and that, treasury, etc. Aren't many of those jobs with a very high routine content in terms of tasks and therefore, aren't they destined for extension? How do you see this, the size of a finance function going forward in general? Yeah. Let's just talk broadly. Yeah, I'm actually very excited about the journey for finance. I think when I started out initially as well, my peers were like, why are you getting into finance? That's going to be automated in five years. I'm sitting here 15 years later. We are so far from automating every financial task that I still think that it will take a minute before we get there. However, like I said, if my job in finance is to click a button, that's not very motivating. And I think the human intellect is capable of so much more. So I think that's where the drive has to come in to like constantly take a step back and see what you can automate in your role. Because as I said, I think the finance role is evolving into becoming more of a strategic partner and being more embedded in the business, helping to manage optimization of your revenue which is not something that is automatic, doesn't automatically happen. Like you can put automation in your revenue capture or in invoicing and your billing and even your collection and payment reminders. But to actually look at, hey, how can we fix revenue leakage? How can we optimize pricing? How can we optimize our costs? Which providers are we paying the most? Can we renegotiate these deals? So I do think your finance team can be focused focusing their intellect on other tasks versus just clicking a button or uploading journals. So I think similar to how Paddle is solving, selling software to the world for our customers, finance and accounting will be the same. There will be a high level of automation in the future, but there will also be a room for humans or for people like you and me and everybody in a finance role to really become more strategic partners and do the things that automation cannot. That is a good point. That is a good point. Because at some point, yes, in finance, I, I noticed that people started talking about finance needs to be a business partner, not just like a police watching over the business and things like this. But there were no tools available. It was only about now you need to switch your mind and be our partner, not our policeman. So this is great. I think the key message I would take from this is business analytics and aiding business decisions. And therefore, you can say that it's not only a cost center finance department, but it's a center that creates value, creates tangible benefits, right? 
Exactly. And I think that's super interesting. I joined Paddle specifically for this reason. I think what's super attractive to me is that it is a fintech product. It is very finance heavy in the sense of you're dealing with the taxes, you're dealing with the compliance bit, you're dealing with accuracy in, in, in invoicing. And so for me, what I love about my role at Paddle is historically, and again, I come back from like 15 years of finance experience, your accounting team is preferably kept like in a dungeon. See no evil, hear no evil, happy. Nowadays, I think my finance team literally meets with the product team almost every week. We work together to develop the best product from the finance angle and compliance and make sure that it's working the right way. Um, so I think it's become so much more exciting to be also a part at the front of the business to see like, how is our product evolving? What are the next steps and what is coming on the tax landscape to make sure that we're compliant, especially at Paddle in particular, I actually do see the role for finance being ahead in the future in that we have, we enjoy it, but we also have no option, but to be involved in shaping the product and commercial. So I love the journey here. It's been super exciting. On all topics, finance, you should be also like a content creator for the product people, right? Yes, correct. Like I always joke around with my engineering team, because as we all know, engineers are super smart, intelligent super logical. And I explained to them that taxes is a completely different world. Governments are not always logical and taxes by following that train of thought are not. So you definitely need a tax expert to explain to you what the tax authorities actually want and then implement it. So talking about engineers and technology, what is your technology angle when you say you provide automation solutions? What is really behind it? Because Back in the good old days, automation in finance, it could have been a macro in Excel as well, which was, by the way, hated by the auditors because, or even the users, because when that person left, nobody could actually edit it or change it. And it was a black box. And that's what people in finance hate the most. So what is behind your automation technology? So in essence, I think from, I, I'm trying to find the best way to explain it to you. I think if you have, if you were selling a software to a customer, you would experience Paddle coming in at a checkout moment. However, at checkout, we have an invoice generated to the customer purchasing your product. And we have a payables invoice generated to you as a business that we will automatically pay out. So this whole flow is automated. So the only thing you have to do and want to do is capture, determine how to capture the revenue by downloading the reporting that are available. You can all of your invoices. You actually also retain full contact with your customers. So this is something that you get to manage yourself. So you determine how you manage your customers. We just manage an entire payment collection process for your customers. In addition to that, we offer them any support that they need if their payments failed or their payment, there's something wrong with their payment on any level. Part of it, like I said, is automated. So we do have the product that automates the technical side of the journey. When it comes to support, we have the human touch that we support the people that are reaching out to us. We do have some level of automation behind that, but we believe that great customer experience comes before everything else. But do you use your original code or is this open source? How does this automation work? Yeah, we have our own. It's fully ours, fully on our platform. It's end-to-end -end ours. All right. Okay. Great stuff. Now, tell us about your journey so far is a scale-up, right? Because now you're a scale-up. How did you get there and how do you want to grow further? Sometimes it's about product extensions. Sometimes it's about going after different kinds of clients. But 
oftentimes it's about going international. So how do you think about it? Yeah, so Paddle is global. We are represented all around the world. So we can offer plug and play solutions for any software sellers globally. So we are already in the world market and expanding. So that is something that for us has been the case almost out of the gate. I think early on, it was a lot of learnings. Now, I think we have a handle on it and we're experts in the field. That is actually what our product brings to software sellers, our customers, that we take on the liability, like I said, for taxes, as well as any compliance that we need to do and due diligence locally with any country that we do business in and with. Um, so in terms of growth, we are definitely looking to expand with our existing customer base. We've also just acquired Profit a couple of months back, which enhances the product that we're providing and offering also some of the Profit Vault solutions. We are not yet fully integrated, but we are working on that and testing is in progress. But we want to continually up the ante and get more to our customers for what we, are, we can provide. So that's how we're planning to expand our customer base by going up market, supporting scale-ups, supporting startups, and keep on expanding our customer base, which is moving year over year, month over month, quite successfully. And active globally, yeah. Okay, so how do you make money, though? You could think of, for example, when you want to hire a billing company because you don't want to build your invoice in-house. Or when you want to use a payment provider, you pay fees on payments. And so basically, we provide a fixed percentage of the revenue that was running through our platform in negotiation with our customer. And that is how we make our fee. So in essence, it's like a commission on top of the traffic that we process. I see. So you said you are active globally. Where are you based or headquartered? How big is your team nowadays? Where are you? It's a very uh, fluid term because people work from home, wherever. But what's the rough idea of how big you are today? So Paddle's headquarter is in London. We are close to 400 employees worldwide. My finance team consists of 19 people, which is for tax, accounting, treasury, finance ops, FP&A, and the payments team. And we actually are based all over. We have team members in Dubai. We have team members in the Netherlands, Canada, UK, and Boston. So yes, and I think one of the, we are all over the world. We're connected dig- digitally, and we make sure to meet on site every so often. All right. Now, before we go, I have two easy questions for you. One is, what is your favorite business book if you have one? If not, then a documentary or a movie or any other resource where people can change their view of finance, perhaps, and uh, really understand finance as being their friend, being their advisor, business partner, rather than something that just has to be dealt with. Yeah, for me, I have a bit a favorite, a favorite business leadership book, which is It's Your Ship by Captain Michael Abroff. It's a book that I received once from my strategy teacher in college. And I love the concept because this captain had inherited one of the worst fleets in the U.S. Navy. And his approach to turning it around was not that he was solving it. He actually just listened to the people that were closest to the problems. And I think for me, that has been super relevant. I think my first leadership role, I was about 25 or 24 years old. um, And I was leading people that were twice my age. 
and determining how to manage them respectfully, but also giving them the space to tell me what the problems were and actually empowering and helping them solve them has been an amazing journey for me from that moment until today. And I think even now as a finance leader, a lot of the automation and technology solutions that I've been able to deliver or bring to companies has been by listening to my team on what they see, what they know, and how to best move forward on some of the challenges that we face today. All right, wonderful. So what is the best way for people to reach out and what kind of people would you like to hear from most if people are interested in what they just heard about paddle, automation of finance tasks, whether that's payment infrastructure, tax reporting, all kinds of other things, where should they go online and get in touch? I'm most accessible on LinkedIn. I do tend to respond to like peer-to-peer business relationship opportunities. I think that's where most of my network, especially in finance, interacts as well. I have other accounts, but those are more social. Like I have Twitter, but it's mostly focused on NFT. So I don't think that's going to go for the finance route. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much. And good luck to you, Danielle and Paddle. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceoffintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.